Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the place where we have conversations that empower heavy-duty people. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. Uh, As you see on your screen, or you might be able to hear right now, this might be looking and sounding a little bit different than what you're used to. And that's because of a very unique situation that has occurred. uh, And we wanted to take a few minutes before we had our conversation with Dave McCleave of Hendrickson, which, by the way, was just an absolutely great conversation. A lot of trends of the industry. Uh, I think you're going to love this week's episode. But um, why the different setting? Why is my whole team on here? Well, it's because of the wildfires in Canada. Many of you in the States may have seen on the news that the smoke from Canada has descended upon the northern states of America. And this is a absolutely uh, unique situation. It is uh, affecting one member of this team personally, and that is me, because (laughs) under an evacuation order, We had to flee our home. This is the second time so far this spring we've had to flee our home. The fire is uh, over 300,000 hectares, which is about the size of the state of Rhode Island. And it is about a mile from our town, our hometown. So, Diana, uh, you're our chief marketing officer. You're safe and sound in Indiana. And um, Taryn, you are a digital media producer, and you're safe and sound just a few miles down the road from where I am camped out. Um, yeah, this is, what about you, Jamie, (laughs) unprecedented (laughs) time. So we are very, very fortunate after the first evacuation five weeks ago, I bought a motorhome off my brother-in-law and I've been restoring it ever since it's a 95, uh, E 350 Ford with a 460 V eight and a Vanguard, uh, motorhome body. And I literally got it completely restored the, this week, my wife cleaned it. We packed it and left our house. (laughs) so we drove 150 miles uh west uh, or sorry east and we went to my wife's cousin's acreage outside of the city of edmonton so there's a seven acre property and all of our family have their travel trailers and motorhome there so that that is where we are camped out you might even be able to hear my generator going right now running the ac because it is like the uh it is as hot as hades here right now (laughs) (laughs) well i'm really glad that you're safe jamie uh and that the whole family is safe 150 miles seems like just enough to uh get away from that um so that's good news that's good news what about you taryn are you i know you're in canada too so are you safe yeah thankfully i'm safe i'm about two hours away from the fire i do have a lot of family where the fire is they've also been evacuated but thankfully um sounds like everyone's okay parents hit a deer but besides that everyone is okay which is good to hear (laughs) yeah i couldn't believe that so taryn's mom hit a deer uh totaled her nice new car fortunately she's not too badly injured the car i think is a write-off um but uh they they safely made it to their destination 
You know, um, at it's times like this that we talk at the end of every episode lately. I don't know if people have been listening for a while. They might have started to hear us say, be heavy duty. And what does that mean to us? Well, it's a, it's not just the profession that we're in. It's it's a way of thinking and it's a way of of being and and how we conduct ourselves. And to be heavy duty is to be resilient, to be strong, um, to in the face of of really difficult times, uh, to to rise to the occasion and to and to work. That's what a heavy duty piece of equipment does, and that's what heavy duty people do. So I just want to say thank you to um, the over 500 firefighters from around the world. There are firefighters from Europe from South Africa, from New Zealand, from Australia, and from America who have come to Canada to help us fight those fires. And, and those some of those firefighters were deployed to the Edson Yellowhead fire and are working right now to try to save our homes. There are heavy equipment operators, there are truck drivers, uh, and first responders, other first responders who are all risking their lives in the effort to save our homes and our town. Unbelievable truly a testament to the type of people that are in this industry and you know from everyone at the heavy duty parts department we certainly want to extend a big thank you for all the effort that's going into taking care of them uh, of you know taking care of our town taking care of our our homes and protecting us and giving us that window of opportunity to escape while they stayed behind and and risked everything unbelievable yeah absolutely absolutely. and it's been a long month for all of them too Mm -hmm. that's for sure and thank you jamie for giving us such a good example of what being heavy duty means um your ability to be courageous and still continue to lead our team and to remain positive and optimistic is really just exemplary well thank you uh you know at, at the end of the day what really matters is our loved ones are safe um property and physical belongings although they are some of them are cherished uh, maybe lost and i can't uh, i can't lie uh i am definitely feeling the stress and the strain and the worry about that and and what the future would hold for my family and for people i care about but um at the same time i know i know two things i know one should the worst happen we will rebuild and two um as long as we have that heavy duty spirit uh, we will have the inner strength to be able to endure whatever comes. And this, unfortunately, may not be the worst thing we have to face in our lives. So that's just the way that's the way it goes. And um, I think re- being resilient is something that maybe the younger generations aren't being taught to the same degree that we were. And I think that's a mistake. We need to teach our young people how to be resilient. And I think the best way to do that is to demonstrate it through our actions. So that's where that's where my motivation comes from. Absolutely. Yeah. Living through the pandemic is one form of testing that resilience, but then you you get a much uh, much closer threat to life and loved ones that really can can give us the stress test that we need in order to show up and and be uh, resilient in our lives. And sometimes through these trials that we face in lives, it brings us closer together with our friends, our family and sometimes our coworkers, too, you know brings us closer. Yeah, I was just going to say the outpouring of support from the industry has been incredible. I know that you guys have been inundated with messages from people who are checking in. How are how's everybody doing? Uh how's Jamie? How's Taryn? Are they safe? You know, I, I've I, my phone just blew up with messages from all over, literally all over North America but also from around the world because we've got partners that are uh, truly global in nature and so we've had messages all the way from countries like India and Turkey and Europe 
um, and uh, you know many of the countries in Europe, like Denmark and others, where where people who know us and who have worked with us, whether it be at the heavy duty parts report or with our consulting business, the heavy duty consulting corporation, either way, they're worried about us. And they've, they've, that outpouring of support has been amazing. But to me, that's a testament, not just to how great our team is, but how great the people in this industry actually are. I mean, salts of the earth, the kind of people who, you know, if you had to go to war, those are the kind of people you want to go, go to war with. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jamie, for giving us such a uh, a great check-in and for sharing your positive energy. And we're going to be talking to Hendrickson, right, in this episode? Yeah, that's right. So uh, back uh, in, what was it, April, we were at HGA Truck Pride's annual meeting. I got to sit down with Dave McCleave uh, from Hendrickson. We got to talk all about uh, trends in the industry, what Hendrickson is specifically doing to help the industry. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I used to say that if the end times came, we'd still put out an episode next Monday. And uh, um, although the end times may not be here, the fires of hell came very close to our front door and we're still going to put out an episode on Monday. So okay. that's why we're recording this right now. <laughs> so, it might look anyway. a little different, but we're still uh, going to keep our word to our audience for sure. That's right. Our, our audience is everything to us. Uh, we keep our word. And so thank you. Big thank you to my team. Uh, I, you know, for everyone listening right now, I just want you to know these are two of the people who have been with me from the beginning. They believed in the vision. Um, they have been supporting me from day one. Without them, this doesn't happen. And so to both of you, thank you. And let's uh, let's listen into the conversation with uh, Hendrickson. And uh, after the end of this episode, we're just going to exit right out of that interview. And um, we will close the episode. And hopefully next week, this episode will be back to normal. But I don't know that that will be the case because it doesn't look good right now. It looks like this is going to be uh, an evacuation that'll be for the long haul. So we'll see what happens. But to to everybody, thank you for listening. I hope you appreciated uh, hearing about this update and uh, enjoy the Hendrickson conversation. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. This episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report is brought to you by Find It Parts, your ultimate destination for heavy duty truck and trailer parts. Discover a vast range of parts at finditparts.com. Don't spend hours a day looking for parts. Instead, visit finditparts.com and get them right away. Parts availability and quality have a big influence on fleets and owner operators' total cost of operation. If they can't find a part, it means more downtime. If they install a low-quality part and it fails, it means even more costs like tow bills, hotels, meals for the driver, and lost revenue. That's why we recommend Sampa. They manufacture a wide range of advanced parts for commercial vehicles. Their website has an intelligent product search engine and broad coverage of suspension, steering, and fifth wheel components. Expect more. Expect Sampa. Visit Sampa.com today. Hi, I'm David McCleave. I'm director of Aftermarket with Hendrickson. David, welcome back to the uh, Heavy Duty Parts Report. So glad to have you here again. Uh, you're somebody with over 24 years of industry experience, seven years in your current role. Um, glad to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. And uh, it's, these events give, give us that opportunity to come together. We're at HDA Truck Pride's annual meeting. We're here with, you know, really the heart of the independent service channel. We have 150 members with parts stores, service shops. Um, over the last couple of years... A lot of guests on the show have talked about the impact the pandemic had on supply chain. We had a real shortage of, of product. How is that changing now that we're in 2023? 
certainly early on it was a supply issue of, of getting product. There's no doubt about it. And then as materials became available, then became a la- labor uh, concern to get, get product to the marketplace. I, I think what I've seen happen is uh, you've seen distributors uh, sit there and say, I can't put all my eggs in one basket anymore. And they're starting to diversify their supplier base. Okay. They had to. They had to because when someone come in looking for a part and they didn't have it from their primary supplier, they were forced to go do the right thing and find it somewhere. Yeah. And I think that's made some. That's that's created some change in the way they supply. Well, and and that raises another issue because um, when I was starting in the parts business 25 years ago, you really could within a year or two you could memorize a lot of the products because they were very repetitive, right? Yes. There's a lot of mechanical systems. It was a lot of the same stuff. That's all changed. Technology on equipment, it continues to evolve. It's making it more complex. So what have you seen when it comes to getting access to the right data around the part, the specific part needed? Yeah, so we just talked about inventory. Inventory has always been important. Uh, it was always key. If, if you had, if Availability was key. I think that's more important than ever now. I said, however, people, are, people have inventory now. So it, be, it comes now to who can identify the right part the fastest. Right. And I think technology is really kind of enabling that uh, with all kinds of, you know, digital resources. Uh, the, you know, websites themselves have gotten extremely uh, powerful in, in what they can provide in the way of rich data. And I think it now comes down to the person behind the counter or even an outside parts salesperson that says, I can identify the right part the fastest and by the way we have it. Because inventory is an anti to the game anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I have observed in the last couple of years, and, and the thing that I have, I believe, is going to be one of the biggest competitive factors moving forward is not necessarily kind of what I call the barriers of entry into the business, right? Quality products, a wide range of products available, delivered quickly at competitive pricing. To me, that's the, that's the minimum now to be in the business. Productivity, making your customers more productive, is the battleground that we're going to have to really distinguish ourselves because there's not enough people and there isn't going to be enough people. Um, what, is, what, have your, what is your thoughts on that? What have you seen from your perspective? Well, a couple, a couple of thoughts that come to my mind, Jamie, is uh, one, the suppliers need to do a, a better job and, and we're really starting to step up and that is the training and education uh, for the people that, that are there, okay? Uh, nobody's a master of all things, but you got to be smart about many. So you see a lot of online sales academies and service academies for many of the suppliers. I think that's key to making sure that the people inside those uh, stores are productive. Okay. I think the other thing, though, is because of labor being a shortage, is how do we get the customer to engage and do more things that would normally happen inside the counter? Let's just take an ordering process for a minute. You know, the customer's calling, they have to talk to somebody, and order's got to be input. Uh, so what if we've had fleet-managed inventory, we've, get, we've had distributor-managed inventory, yeah. but I think the pandemic and technology now is in a position to really enable it and exacerbate that to where now all of a sudden that fleet says, I don't need to talk to somebody now, and I can just, this, this system's going to take care of the inventory that I need. The order's automatically going through, and now that takes a little bit of that uh, burden off the distributor, and all of a sudden the people that they're having a shortage with maybe isn't a crisis like it was. It's still important, but maybe not a crisis. Okay, so I'm glad that you said that it takes the burden off of the distributor because I think when a distributor hears kind of the premise of what you just laid out, they say, well, where where do I play a role? How do I add value then uh, in that 
supply chain, right, from manufacturer to the end user. So what is your perspective on oh, that? Oh, my perspective is they play an important and crucial role in that. I mean, that's where the relationship is. Yeah. Even, with, even with technology allowing the parts to flow seamlessly, that relationship is... It couldn't have been proven more with that, with, through this pandemic how important those relationships were. Right. When you have to sit there and tell people that you can't get a part and you can't find it anywhere, but yet you're going to go search every corner. And, and let's face it, I know in, in our in our segment of the industry, we had people going to boneyards, for instance, getting yeah. parts for their customer. It's because of that relationship that when the when the product did come back through and is available, that kept them with them, mm-hmm. regardless of the technology that's being used. Yeah, okay. And I, I think, though, what could potentially happen, though, is if you have a distributor uh, who who doesn't keep up with technology, especially on making it seamless for the customer to buy, they could then get left behind, right? Because if you have a choice between someone that I have to stay on hold for 30 minutes to get through to a counter versus just being able to put through the order and have it delivered within a couple hours no matter how strong the relationship is over time, you're going to, you know, because the fleets have labor shortages too. So they're going to keep hitting the easy button. So I think it is incumbent on the distributors to, to take the appropriate investments and keep up with the trends of technology and making it more productive for their customers. That's the winning combination where we keep the best parts of the traditional distribution model together, but we also add technology in there to help everybody get the job done. Jamie, you said it really well. The only thing I would add is, uh, one, you absolutely have to evolve. We, we all have to, we've all have evolved. Well, take yourself out of this business, look at your home life and how much you've evolved. But I, I guess what I'd want to add you know, to that particular thing is that that's why events like this are so important because if you're at home in a vacuum taking care of your own business, you're not seeing the entire outside world and what could really, really come into play to help you out. Yeah. This event, these events can do that for you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and please, do, one of my favorite sayings about this is that some people have convinced themselves that what they don't do doesn't work. That's a dangerous premise. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you can get into trouble really quickly. Absolutely. Let's talk about evolving uh, equipment and, and the technology that comes with that. So everything's going smart. Yes. A lot of things are being electrified. What are the trends right now with trucks and trailers uh, with, with these types of products? <laughs> Like yeah, we, we need like 10 hours yeah, to talk about do. that, yeah. but pick, pick one or two from Hendrickson's perspective. Yeah, it is absolutely, uh, you know, smart smart tractors and trucks, you know, they've been out there and they're getting smarter and smarter and uh, the trailers now are, are they, hey, there's a need for the trailers to be smart. You know, we always had locators on them, yeah. uh, but the GPS locators, but, you know, things that, you know, m- making sure that the door is, is closed, making sure the refrigeration is at the right temperature, you know, having, you know, to be able to see what's going on inside the, the trailer at the same time. But I think from our perspective, uh, you know, we've got a product called Watchman that is not only a, you know, tire inflation, deflation system, but will also uh, take a look at, you know, TPMS, take a look at each tire and the position to tell you what the actual PSI is. And then there's a number of other things that it's set up to do uh, in the way of watching, you know, wheel end health. Okay. So those are important because nobody wants a thermal event uh, in the industry or wheel off situation. Okay. So it's technology like that that can really help the fleets on the back end say, hey, 
I understand what's going on with this thing. Let's get it in before there is an issue. In other words, it's planned downtime and not unplanned downtime. Right, right. I, I had an industry expert recently say, uh, we're all one wheel off away from being out of our, out of business, <laughs> yes, right? That's right. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Yeah. You know? So one of the things that um, I benefited from in my career on the parts side is oftentimes as I was learning, I would pick certain areas to kind of specialize in. And boy, that was really useful to me as I progressed through my parts career because when economic ups and downs came, you don't get rid of the person who has those specialties but also has maybe like a a wide range of experience. So if you were talking to a technician today, what kinds of areas would you recommend that they focus on specializing in? Because things are really changing with technology, right? So diagnostics are becoming a big thing. But where would you recommend, say, look, you're a new technician, focus on this. This is going to really help you in your career. I would absolutely say you, you, you need to start looking for people that have some computer and IT savvy in them. Okay. I mean, that's where it's really going. The electronics are huge. And, you know, look at your own personal car. It's a computer on wheels. And the truck and the tractors are becoming that as well. So I would say, do you need to have technicians that run the entire gamut? The foundation. Yeah, absolutely. But where, where we're going in the future with smart trucks and trailers, you really need to have somebody that can hone in on electronics. For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, when it comes to the trailers, um, you've, you've talked about how the trucks kind of have been leading the way, but the trailers are quickly coming behind. Uh, you listed a couple of those examples. What other areas, um, and especially if you're an independent like the HDA Truck Pride members, what kinds of areas can they focus on to try to provide a more complete solution to their customers? You know, well, there, there's a couple things I, I, and I want to say about the smart trailer and smart uh, tractors is that. Some people start to think because of that, it's going to drive the product back to the dealerships. And I can tell you in the discussions with the fleets that I've had, or the the fleets I've had discussions with, that's that's not true. They are still going to choose who they want to uh, have their parts supplier be or have their uh, service provider be. So the distributors still absolutely have a role. They just need to make sure that they're working with their OE suppliers to understand the technology so that when the fleets do call, uh, they understand it and they can service some of the components. But I think I did want to make sure I added that in on the whole smart side of things. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I know, and that's an important thing because the independent side is at risk uh, uh, as more vertical integration occurs on the dealer side. They also have access to a lot of resources, sometimes more so than the independent. So it is incumbent on the independent to be, uh, as, you know, to, to, to continue to evolve and change their business practices right. so that they can keep up with this wave of technology, which is really just one wave after another. It is. It really yeah. is. You know, so, and that's what we're here for. You know, and that's why we're at this event as well. You know, so I think it's, it's incumbent upon both parties to make sure we're well-educated across the board and let them know what's coming down the road and make sure they're prepared. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time. It's been nice to see you again. Yeah. And uh, for those listening in, you're listening to Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. We have been speaking with Dave McCleave, Aftermarket Director at Hendrickson. To learn more, go to hendrickson-intl.com. I've got the links in the show notes. David, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you, Jamie. Appreciate it. Thanks nice for having me. You. Yeah. HDA Truck Pride is the heart of the Independent Parts and Service Channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.